Well, Trisha C.K. Hoffler now joining us on the line. Uh, Trisha, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. What do you make of um, the decision by the U.S. Supreme Court and also how they have arrived at that decision? Well, first of all, good afternoon. The decision is awful. It really is. You know, I've been a practicing lawyer and, of course, civil rights work, but other practicing areas for almost 40 years. And in law school, we grew up understanding the Baki decision, which was one of the decisions that basically addressed affirmative action. So for this precedent, widely held precedent, we called stare decisis, to have been overturned in this way is a travesty. It's not just going to be a travesty in public and private university or college education. It's going to be a travesty. It's going to reverberate and we'll see the effects of it in the workplace, in graduate school. So that means that the graduate programs infecting doctors, affecting lawyers, affecting engineers, affecting every single professional group in the United States educational system will be impacted, which will impact the job or the workforce. Because if you have less people attending school, these schools and graduating, less opportunities, then there will be less people in the workforce in these professional um, careers. So it, it has an impact and it will scale back the diversity mix period across the board in the United States. That's a travesty. Why? Because we are a diverse nation. We are actually a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of immigrants. People immigrate from all over the world to come here and continue to do that because they feel that there's opportunity in the United States. Well, right now, this opinion impacts all of that, rolling back decades and decades of precedent and progress. Each of us has benefited from it. And by the way, there are a lot of non-African Americans and or white women that have benefited tremendously from affirmative action. So this is going to change the fabric of how the United States will perceive African-Americans and their contributions. And that is a travesty. And just to be clear, President Biden said it correctly. Before, race was just a factor. If you had equally qualified candidates, a group, a pool of qualified candidates, then race, then race could have been considered a factor. Not race being considered a factor initially, but only when it got to that point where people were qualified to get into an institution. So this is sad. It's a travesty. But I have to tell you, in this country, we have been confronted with these devastating opinions before. We are facing a situation, especially in states like Florida, where the governor is saying you can't even mention diversity, inclusion, and equity in the teachings. You can't really teach American history in states like Florida because you can't talk about slavery. You can't talk about all the negative things that have happened at the hands of and, and let's put it in the parlance of what happened in countries in Africa, colonialism, yeah. our former colonialism which is slavery. We can't teach that for fear that some people will be offended. That is step, so many steps backwards. Yep. So this fits right into that narrative. It's unfortunate, but what it's going to do, it's going to mobilize people again to fight this and to find other ways 
of diversifying colleges and universities yeah. and the workforce. So it's not just going to be people are going to sit down and lay and accept this. They're CK, going to fight in different ways. So, sorry, un un unfortunately, we're running out of time. I just have about two minutes on this one. But just quickly on the Roe versus Wade judgment by the Supreme Court um, again, um, there it was also reliance on, on precedent um, that has got us to where we are. Um, and also now the pushback against um, the Supreme Court's decision on Roe versus Wade. Here's another one. Again, the reliance is on precedent. Shouldn't the legislatures actually be putting legislation in, 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 in place so that there's no reliance on precedent, but rather on what the law says as adopted by the lawmakers? I mean, I think that is one that is one thing that could happen, but it's going to be very difficult because it's going to be handled on a state by state basis. That's what Roe versus Wade's repeal stands for. The states are now individually responsible for implementing their own policies or their own laws relative to um, abortion and women's reproductive rights. When you leave it to the states and you have very conservative states, they could send people to jail like some people are for needing a medically mandated abortion or termination of a pregnancy. So when you have, yes, it is important for the legislatures to do that, but it's going to be very tricky unless there is a federal mandate, the U.S. Senate and the mm. U.S. House of Representatives, that's different, but we don't have the consensus, you know, to do that. We we can't even pass a new policing act or a vote new or, or, or voting rights measures um, comprehensively because of their five divided legislature on a federal level. So we are in a very bad situation, but there are activist groups, there are social justice groups, there are um, lots of groups that are reacting to getting back to this affirmative action um, setback. And so people are not going to sit yeah. and wait and see how it happens. They're going to fight. They're going to fight back. Trisha, thank you so much for your time. Trisha C.K. Hoffler, the civil rights lawyer and also CEO of the C.K. Hoffler firm, which is based in Atlanta in the United States. It's half past four.